Good swing you got there. Trying to pick out a driver today? Yeah, so your swing speed's about 90 miles per hour, see? And you should probably use this version of the club with the stiff flex shaft. That's, that's definitely what's gonna help you out. All right, there you go, much better. Okay, enough of the radio drama. This conversation actually happens all over the golfing world every day. But is it based on science? Or is it just something that we've made up along the way because it's easy? Today, we're taking this episode to talk about golf shafts. We've all seen flex, weight, length, but what do they do and does it really matter? We're peeling back the curtain and getting some clarity with some expert researchers and club fitters. You're listening to the Golf Science Lab, where we're bringing to light research and concepts you might not have heard before, so you can discover insights to help you start performing better on the golf course. Hey, I'm your host, Cordy Walker, and it is so good to be back on the Golf Science Lab podcast. We are in our third season, and in this season, taking a look at club technology. We have episodes lined up on drivers, putters, wedges, and in this episode, we're talking about golf shafts. In between the second season and the third season, a lot has happened around at Golf Science Lab. For one, we launched our first Powered By podcast. It's Game Like Training Radio. If you like learning about learning, definitely go check that out. We have the Unlocking Performance Virtual Summit. That's available, the recordings of that, on our university.golfsciencelab.com page. And we also created a new Golf Science Lab Insider Portal, where all of the exclusive audio and video that insiders get access to is located. Uh, you can get access to that as well, completely for free. You can join thousands of other insiders and really the Golf Science Lab mission to focus on what works based on science over myths and misguided best practices at golfsciencelab.com insider. Today, we're going to cover the three influences that golf shafts can have on ball flight. The shaft can have an influence on on that golf ball's uh, trajectory. Do we want it to go higher? Do we want it to curve more? And if we think of, well, what changes that golf ball's trajectory, it's going to be the speed of the club head, the direction it's traveling. So are you hitting it, you know, in to out, out to in? Are you hitting up on it with a positive angle of attack? And also the orientation of that that club head or the face. Is the face open to the path? You know, are you going to slice the ball? Is it close to the path? Um, So those three things that determine the trajectory of the ball from 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 respective of the what the club head's doing at impact, the shaft can actually influence all of those things: the the, the path of the club head, orientation of the club head, and the club head speed. And we have a fantastic and a past guest of the show, Dr. Sasho McKenzie, to cover it for us. Dr. Sasho McKenzie, I'm a sports biomechanist with a focus on uh, engineering, and in particular golf research, and I'm a professor at St. Francis Xavier University in Nova Scotia, Canada. We're going to start with speed. How does the golf shaft influence speed, club head speed, and ball speed? If you're swinging this club with the same angular velocity, and and it's a little bit longer, then that means you're going to get more speed at the end. There's a little simple equation that says um, the the linear speed of something is equal to the angular velocity times the, the radius of that something. And so we're increasing the radius as we make the shaft longer. And that's why the driver is the longest club in the bag. It's going to um, be able to, to generate the most, uh, the most club head speed, primarily because of that increase in shaft length. 
This might be obvious, but the longer the shaft of the club, the farther we're going to hit it, right? Let's look at long drive. They use the longest shaft they possibly can to hit it as far as they possibly can. So to break this down, if you were a robot and every swing was the same, you would want to have as long of a club as possible because you could consistently hit the sweet spot. And some players are starting to go this route besides the long drive competitors. In general, the longer the club, the faster you're going to be able to swing it. Um, so if you look at someone I find is really interesting is uh, Brooke Henderson. She's playing the, uh, the longest, and I'm not sure if anybody else, LPGA or PGA is doing this. She's playing the longest uh, allowable length shaft, or driver, which is 48 inches. I think she's 5'3 or 5'4, uh, not, uh, not, not very big, um, certainly not uh, crazy strong, you know, in the grand scheme of all the LPGA and PGA Tour players. So why go to that extreme length that no one else is playing? Well, she's pretty smart and she can do some testing and realize that um, she's obviously hitting the ball further and hasn't sacrificed a meaningful amount of, of accuracy, right? Um, so that's interesting. Then you have, you know, someone like uh, Sergio Garcia, who's known for playing a very short and heavy driver, um, could probably, I don't know this, could probably... I would guess swing a, 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 another club faster, but would not be as as repeatable. So he's happy, you know, generating. Um, I'm guessing uh, 120 miles an hour club head speed uh, and finding more fairways and feeling very comfortable with that club as opposed to generating 125 and uh, you know increasing his variability. Whereas Brooke Henderson's able to been you know kind of go to the the, the extreme. I asked Liam Mucklow, a great coach and club fitter, to share his experience when testing length of shafts. Just some great insights from a guy that's worked with a number of PGA Tour players to make sure that they're using the right clubs. And plain and simple, the more skilled golfers seem to be able to deliver the sweet spot of the golf club more consistently with the longer shaft. Now, that's not really a big surprise, but at the end of the day, that's what we're seeing. So it's much easier to move a scratch player into a 46 inch driver and not have any of that control breakdown. We also see some high handicappers, 25, 30 handicappers that are performing best with 43 inch driver shafts. Now, moving that sweet spot closer to the hands makes it a little bit easier for them to hit. A shorter club is easier to deliver. So even though their club head speed drops a little bit, they're still gonna get maximum ball speed. And ball speed is far more important than club speed if you wanna be an excellent driver of the golf ball. So to summarize, why do players use shorter shafts, specifically on the driver? Well, because it's easier to control. If you increase club head speed with a longer shaft, but it's not turned into increased ball speed, you're not gaining anything. And with a longer shaft, you have a hard time centering the ball in the middle of the club, and increasing that ball speed, even though you've increased the club head speed. So, if you struggle to hit the ball solidly, and you want to improve your control and potentially even gain speed, maybe shortening your drivers in play. But, if you have some time on your hands, you're a pretty good player, and you want to gain yardage, 48 inch shaft might be something to test out. All right, now onto the second influence that the golf shaft has on ball flight. Hold up, hold up, Cordy. You're probably asking, doesn't flex have a significant role in speed? Well, I'm glad that you asked. There have been a number of studies done on this, actually. Shafts don't have a systematic effect on club head speed. Um, so there's a general thought out there that the more flexible shaft, by some people, the more flexible shaft will give you 
more uh, club head speed. While it's true in the study that I did that there's a variable called kick velocity, so that's how much speed is added to the club head speed due to the shaft flexing. It's the rate that the club moves from, from lagging to leading in the swing at impact in particular. So while everybody had higher kick velocity with the regular shaft, not everybody had higher club head speed with the regular shaft because as that shaft kicks forward, it actually tends to slow down the hands. So the current answer is no. Stiffness of the golf shaft doesn't actually have an impact on speed. Yes, it's surprising. And we'll definitely be back more on this later in the episode. All right, back to the second influence that we're gonna talk about, path, after this quick break. The last time you probably listened to the Golf Science Lab was just before our Unlocking Performance Virtual Summit. And for those of you that didn't attend, it was fantastic. We heard some comments like, when they say golf is mental, no one says, okay, what does that mean? How do I deal with that? You finally provided the answers. And from a coach, I highly recommend the Unlocking Performance Summit. The concepts have been practical to use with two of my college players who recently had their best finishes in the Northern and Cardinal Am. And you can actually still dive into these incredible sessions and get a better grip on performance and the mental game. You can learn more and check out a preview of a session over at unlockingperformancesummit.com. So uh, it seems um, in some of the research that I've done and, and research that others uh, that I've looked at, the heavier the, the club gets, so the more massive a shaft gets, which will influence overall inertia of the club, the, the more tendency there is to, to uh, swing that club out to the right. This doesn't seem to, um, to uh, want to come into out more uh, out to in. So that's one way the shaft can influence the path. So the heavier the club, the more into out the club might swing. Thus, we're influencing path by changing the weight of the club. So let's check back in with Liam to see how this works when out with players. The first thing I think that is really misunderstood by the golfer in terms of shaft weight is this association of lighter is faster. And while every once in a while that's true, very rarely is the lightest shaft available going to deliver maximum club head speed for the normal golfer. Now, what I've noticed in a lot of my testing is that the maximum speed comes from the lightest shaft that provides the most efficient sequence for the golfer. So the way I like to think about shaft weight is, you know, similar to resistance training inside a gym. You know, if, it, if it's too light, we're going to break form. We may not activate the right muscle chains in order to perform the movement that our trainers prescribe to us. Now, when we go too heavy, we see the same thing again where our form breaks down, but there's this sweet spot right in the middle where we get the maximum benefit from whatever that prescription is from our trainer. Well, the golf shaft is the same way. When it gets too heavy, often we see uh, the club path could shift too far to the right. There could be too much separation that the golfer can't recover from. And when the shaft gets too light, we often see an early club head throw away. So many times people get these lighter shafts, 40 gram, 50 gram shafts in their hands, and that club head breaks early and their body's trying to catch up as opposed to an efficient, powerful transition that leads with the lower body. In fact, that lower body transition 
is the single most common characteristic across all swing styles that we see on the PGA Tour. All right. And back to Dr. Sasha McKenzie for some other factors. Can also influence the path by path or attack angle by changing the uh, kick point or the amount of flex in the shaft, which can slightly change the, uh, the way that shaft is flexing and on flexing during the swing leading up to impact. And that can change um, potentially the, uh, the attack angle. And let's dive into flex and see if we can finally figure out what it actually means. The shaft flex or shaft stiffness is an overall measure of, of how much that shaft is going to bend when you place an external load on it. So typical one is clamp the, the butt in the vise, hang some weight off the, the hosel down by the club head. How much? What's the overall amount that that club deflects? Kick point is where is that Where's most of that flex occurring? You know, so that uh, that that can vary by you know about twenty percent of the length of the shaft. It can the kick point can be higher to closer to the grip or closer to the to the tip. So the shaft deflects during the swing. I've yet to measure in my lab anybody who has what I would call the the shaft in lag deflection uh, or toe up deflection at impact. Everyone is in lead deflection and everyone is in toe down deflection. If you can pitch that. So the club is drooping and uh, leading relative to the, to the grip. So does that kind of make sense? Can you picture that? I know I've shown some graphs in some of my papers, but they might not be super clear on a podcast, but. Yep. If you head over to golfsciencelab.com slash shafts, you'll see an image of this. So in general, this is, this is why you see the recommendation for slower swinging um, golfers to play a more flexible shaft. In general, uh, especially with a driver, you're going to uh, want to have a higher launch angle with more spin if you have a slower club head speed. And in general, if you play a more flexible shaft, that's going to uh, help those parameters. You're going to get uh, more loft um, uh, at impact if you play a more flexible shaft because the shaft is going to be leading more. And uh, uh, it's also going to be uh, drooping more. There's going to be more toe-down deflection at impact. So what's interesting is that the more lead deflection you have, the more loft you get and the more closed the faces. So the more the face will point to the left at impact for a right-handed golfer, the more loft, more left, the more toe-down deflection you have, that's actually going to primarily tend to point the face to the right. And what's interesting about that is, is that golf clubs tend to droop or toe-down more in, in an absolute sense than they do... Uh, relative to how much they go into lead at impact. So you can actually have uh, shafts that, um, the more flexible a shaft gets, you're likely to see that face tend to be more open for uh, that particular golfer as that shaft flex increases because there's going to be typically more toe-down deflection as opposed to lead deflection. But you'll always get an increase in loft. And as you can guess, these factors of deflection affect the orientation of the club at impact with the ball. But Dr. Sasha noticed one other interesting fact, that we're humans and we adapt to different shafts unconsciously. 
in a recent study I did, I, I come up with this variable called bend loft. Okay, so we had a, a group of, of reflective markers on the grip and a group of reflective markers on the club bed. And what that allowed us to do is determine how much of the loft at impact um, was due specifically to amount of shaft deflection. So for all those 33 golfers, there was more bend loft with the uh, more flexible shaft. Okay, no matter, no matter how much they deflected the shaft, you know, uh, the, the, there was always more deflection, lead deflection with the flexible shaft and that resulted on average between the two shafts we're looking at with a two degree increase in bend loft. So you would expect that you would also see a two degree change in what I would call delivered loft. So just, just before the club head touches the ball, you would expect that, okay, when on average when these golfers swung the, the, the more flexible shaft, they get two more degrees of delivered loft as well. But there was no significant difference in, in the actual delivered loft. What approximately half the golfers did was they increased shaft length, so their hands were essentially uh, covering the ball more. So they just completely reduced any influence of that bend loft. And then also within the 33, and this is taking, looking at an average of 14 drives with each shaft. Um, and then there were some people that, uh, not all of them, but some people who, who actually that, uh, did the opposite. So the more flexible club, they actually had their hands further back. So they um, even showed a greater amplitude change in loft. So there was this whole gamut of how, um, even though bend loft was consistently more with the more flexible shaft, golfers swung these shafts differently, which, which really would change how you'd go about doing a fitting. And they weren't telling study participants that they were changing the shaft flags. Between sets, they'd have players change shoes and in a sense distracted them so they could make the switch. Personally, I think that the majority of that is, is due to a subconscious feeling, you know, change in how the shaft feels during the swing, maybe just during transition or maybe even during takeaway or while they waggle it, and they actually swing slightly differently because of how that shaft feels. Fascinating stuff, no? So let's go back to where we started this episode. Swing speed and shaft flex. What's the correlation and how does it work? Shafts don't have a systematic effect on club head speed. Um, so there's a general thought out there that the more flexible shaft, by some people, the more flexible shaft will give you more club head speed. While it's true in the study that I did that um, there's a variable called kick velocity, so that's how much speed is added to the club head speed due to the shaft flexing. It's the rate that the club moves from, from lagging to leading in the swing, at impact in particular. So while everybody had higher kick velocity with the regular shaft, not everybody had higher club head speed with the regular shaft because as that shaft kicks forward, it actually tends to slow down the hands. And there also seems to be some really unpredictable humans are unpredictable, but some people actually, uh, I think when they feel a certain type of flex of shaft, they, they swing it differently. Um, or it's possible that they swing it the same, but the way that, that shaft flex interacts with the torques they're applying to the club, it just happens to result in, in a higher club head speed. And so, you know, you can see a two, maybe three mile per hour difference in club head speed between 
shafts of different flex so that you know that could influence your your ball speed so so really you know as you're kind of going through this trial and error process with a fitter basically want to be looking at that uh primarily that probably that carry number uh that comes up from the launch monitor um so you know ball speed would be the the next most important because it's probably going to be the least likely to change you're going to see big changes in spin and launch but you might also see a uh a change in that ball speed so really um I'll be looking at that final carry number. And the crazy thing is we can completely manipulate how the shaft feels by changing the torque. I would potentially argue that how a shaft feels to a person is probably more important <laughs> than the performance you get in, in a fitting because that, that's really going to influence everything about their, about their game. So, you know, you can make an argument for, for finding a torque that feels comfortable if you think it's really influencing that person and then go about, you know, trying to find a shaft flex that, that within that torque level, or, you know, maybe as far as the fitting goes, they're able to make those swings, but, and you're seeing the performance enhancements or the change in carry distance, whatever. Um, and, and, but they're like, you know, I, just, I realize that I'm getting a better ball flight, but I just don't like how it feels. Then you can try to keep that same flex and same ball flight and just change, uh, change the torque as a final part of your, your fitting. We're just trying to deliver the, the, the club head with a certain speed, loft, and, and path. And, you know, you should be able to manipulate those parameters. Torque tends to limited ability to, to, to change those things. So really, you're just playing around with flex until you, uh, you get those, those, those right conditions. I mean, theoretically, you could get the same ball flight um, just by changing the loft of the, the club head, probably, you know, but I think it's a lot, it's probably a lot easier to have a couple of options for your club head and then have, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different shafts that you can flip out and try. And we're going to end the episode here with Liam talking about a unique process for getting people in the right driver and the right shaft. It's a fantastic process. Now, the other correlations that we've seen with shaft length has a little bit more to do with matching the body. So when we go through and we do this fitting process, we actually take a few basic anthropomorphic measurements. So we measure the length of the golfer's arm, of their forearm, their wingspan, and their wrist to floor. From there, we start to hit five shots with 43, 44, 45, 46, and 47 inch drivers. We chart all of the results, track all the data using two different launch monitors, and from there we make a recommendation on what's gonna be the best in terms of a balance of both distance and control. Now, when we see players that have a more rightward swing direction, it's for a right-handed golfer, so more of an inside-out swing, and one with comparatively shorter forearm to upper arm length ratio, there's a fairly strong correlation of them performing better with a longer shaft, often 46 inches. Again, we see the exact opposite is true when we have people with a longer forearm to arm ratio and a more leftward swing direction. They're definitely performing better with the shorter shaft. So even for your listeners at home, that could be just a simple test. You know, if they're an inside out guy, uh, you know, take your right hand, make a fist with your thumb pointing up, Go ahead and you know lift it up, bend your arm, elbow as much as you can up to your shoulder. If you see a big gap between your thumb and shoulder, you know your forearm's a little bit longer. If that thumb kind of pokes you 
right in the middle of the shoulder. You know your forearms are a little bit shorter than average, and this can help guide you into a simple change that'll help you drive the golf ball better than you ever have. Liam has a really cool calculator over at mygolflab.ca. It's called the Launch Doctor, and it helps you find optimal numbers for your swing speed. Check it out. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Golf Science Lab. On the article that corresponds with this page, we put some links to other interesting articles and further material that you might enjoy if you like this topic and want to go deeper. We appreciate the input from Dr. Sasha McKenzie. You can find him on Twitter at Sasha McKenzie or on his website, people.stfx.ca slash S-M-A-C-K-E-N-Z or Sasha would tell you, just Google his name. And make sure to head over to golfsciencelab.com slash insider to get access to the content first. Stay up to date on what we're doing to document golf science. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. It was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Publish Productions. Music by Silent Partner, Otis McDonald, and Broke for Free. And we'll see you all next time on the Golf Science Lab.